Welcome to EG's Voice of the Region podcast. You know the drill by now. We pick a region of the UK and use the radius on demand rankings to find an agent best place to talk us through what's driving demand and what the unique challenges and opportunities are. This time we are off to Worcestershire where John Trustlove finds itself way out in front in terms of deal numbers and where top agent Ben Trustlove has done more deals than anyone else, not just in Worcestershire but across the entire West Midlands region. So I'm very pleased to have Ben joining us today. Welcome Ben. Good afternoon. How's it, Jim? You okay? Yeah, good, thank you. Um, right, um, John Trustlove, it celebrates its 40th anniversary this year, I think I'm right in saying. Um, can you give us a, a brief potted history of the company and just talk through the areas in which you currently operate? Yeah, so my dad, uh, John, set the business up in 1981. Um, <clears throat> he'd previously worked at Grimley's in uh, Birmingham City Centre and became GBA and then obviously young man. Um, and he got to a point where he decided he wanted to be self-employed. So he initially uh, set the office up in Alvechurch, doing a lot of valuations, uh, that sort of thing. And then through the development corporation, when Redditch uh, as a new town has been expanded with the industrial states and commercial um, well, retail and office, but you know all of the uh, additional commercial property that has been built. Dad got actively involved in that. Um, There's quite a lot of work. He was based in the town, um, sort of very proud Redditch resident for his whole life up to that point. Um, and, you know, it was just really, uh, the town's gone from strength to strength. Unfortunately, we, I guess, off the coattails of that, have been fortunate to be in the right place at the right time. Um, and he's built a good reputation uh, with occupiers and landlords um <clears throat> and it's just really you know, uh, sort of followed on from there really i i remember as a 12 13 year old sort of accompanying dad on the odd survey holding the other end of a tape just to you know right. a bit sort of thing you started uh, your yeah absolutely yeah yeah uh so yeah that's that's where it started and then obviously we've evolved um dad dad took on uh, ian parker who's my co-director uh graduate but he's been here for 23 years I think approximately um, and so yeah it's uh, also you know built on the groundwork dad did and then um, I came in about 10 years ago and yeah it seems to have gone pretty well okay um, uh, you, you kind of had a background in the industry prior to joining the company right um, what was you know, what were you doing before you before you signed up to your dad's company? So uh, when I finished school, I did uh, initially did a degree actually in environmental biology. Um, I was quite interested in, uh, well, like the sort of pollution side of things, and that, that sort of stuff. I thought when I finished school, A, it was interesting and quite, I do quite, you know, like nature, wildlife, the, the planet, you know, that side of things. Um, and I just thought it'd be good in terms of the variety of jobs and financial rewards sort of going forward because it was a, you know it was a sector that was really um becoming more and more part of the public conscious really that we needed to start looking after the planet a bit better so i qualified as an environmental surveyor uh i worked for 
seven Trent in their laboratories in Coventry for a year or two. Then I became, um, well, I worked for SLR Consulting, who are an environmental consultant doing site investigations. Uh, so I was supervising drilling crews, um, taking soil samples on former petrol stations, development sites, uh, even landfills um, all over the country. Uh, did that for about five years. Quite a lot of miles, quite early starts. So some days I'd have to be in Great Yarmouth right in the morning and then I might have to be in, was the worst one? I think I had to be in uh, Helston or something the, the next day. And then what, you know, <laughs> it was like, you know the, the mileage and the hours were pretty tough at times. Um, and then he just got to a point where my dad's, I had a chat with my dad. Um, and he sort of said, potentially going to be looking to retire in the not too distant future. Um, we, we had talked about, you know, obviously the family business um, previously, and I'd wanted to sort of carve out my own um, experience, really try and bring something new to the party. If I was going to do it, you know, you never really know when you're 18 what you're going to do, or 21 rather. Um, so, yeah, then dad basically sort of supported me for a year while I did a conversion course at um, UCE, as it was then. I think it's BCU now. Um, in Perry Bar, uh, so yeah, years conversion to surveying, and then I went to NFU Mutual in Stratford, um, which was great. I had a few interviews with the, the big boys in Birmingham, and one out in leafy Warwickshire on the Tiddington Road, uh, at the NFU Mutual HQ with the swimming pool and Abbey at the time. And I thought mm, this, this seems alright actually compared to getting the train into into town. Probably better for my health as well because I'd have had the most of the social side of things I'm sure um, if I'd have gone into Birmingham um, so yeah I did that good experience on the occupier side of things big corporate um, again it was national coverage good good variety though could be with the investment team on a uh, one of their retail stroke office properties on Old Bond Street in central London one day and then the next I could be up in the Orkney Islands negotiating with a Somebody owned a uh, farmer's market over a, one of the little insurance shops there. So it was a real, real sort of diverse property portfolio. Um, and they looked after me really well and would really support me through the training, getting my letters. Um, but then I got to the point where I'd kind of done five or six years there and felt that I'd probably learned as much as I was going to learn there and then decided to join the family business. Cool. Okay, um, so you're based in Redditch. Um, most of your deals are in Worcestershire. Um, what's the big selling point of Worcestershire as a county compared to some of its nearby rivals? Difficult to pin that down exactly because a lot of things I'll say about Worcestershire could apply to other counties, but it's um, obviously got nice and central in the country. You've got your mm-hmm. communication, you know, motorway network, what have you, which means it's. Uh, well placed to you know serve the whole of the UK. Um, you've got lovely countryside, uh, which makes me sad a bit. Uh, I never thought I'd be saying that, but uh, yeah, it is beautiful to just get out and you know um, you're driving between appointments rather than being you know in in wall-to-wall traffic or heavily built up areas. You're often driving driving you know very nice sort of country roads. Um, fortunately, but not not 
you know the traffic's not the worst um and you just got a variety of um clients development types you know we've got quite quite a good uh, broad spectrum we cover mm-hmm. cool Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I was just down there a few weeks ago, driving from I think Droitwich to Tenbury Wells or something, um, and it's just incredibly green and you know, and full of ornate little villages and stuff like that. Um, does that make it easier to find land to build on, or is there just more protected green belt? Uh, yeah, probably more protected green belt. I mean, it's um, it's difficult balance, isn't it? I think if they were going to it makes sense if you're going to release more land for commercial development to folks around the motorway corridors, really, mm-hmm. because A, the occupiers prefer it, um, and B, you're not disrupting the, you know, the, the natural environment and the, the smaller local roads that service the, you know, the, as you said, some of the nice villages you go through between, say, Druidwich and Tenbury, um, you probably don't want a load of HGVs trawling through there at the, you know, six in the morning. Um, so yeah, it makes sense if it's focused around the motorways. But yeah, we are. I think they probably say in most counties struggling really with having enough commercial land. Um, there's been a there's been a bit of development mainly focused around Worcester. I think um, probably won't be the only person in Worcestershire who would say that. Uh, and it'd be the county town does it make sense to a degree? But it's, everything seems to be fairly Worcester focused. Um, you know, Redditch and. Uh, well, as always, just sort of being a bit of a, a slightly poorer cousin, I guess. Although, if you look at the contribution to the, you know, to the the economy, we do pretty well. Um, and yeah, Bromsgrove again, it's got quite a big district, but um, quite limited on employment land, really. Um, and the bit the parcels that are available have been undeveloped for a few years because they're just. Uh, well, yeah, to get pretty, don't want to get too political on things, but anyway, there, there, there isn't enough around in the bits that are a uh, compromise for one reason or another. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, how important is the M5 to the county? Because it kind of seems as though most of the development is like in a sort of five, ten mile radius either side of that, and also probably the M42 as well. Yeah, I mean the M5 and M42 are yeah, <laughs> where everybody wants to be. Whether even if it's not necessarily just logistics even off you know office occupiers um all right we, we've probably following the pandemic got better at the this type of thing teams and zoom rather than face-to-face meetings but still people do want to be able to get out go and see clients um or potential clients um and yeah convenience for the motorway is really massively helps on that sort of thing so Sure. Sure. Okay. Um, Kind of with that reliance on on the motorways, are you hearing anecdotally from occupiers that they're having issues with the current lorry driver shortage that's that's in the news at the moment? I think, well, depending on which day you watch the news, there's shortages of everything, really, isn't there? (laughs) Shortages of everything and everything's going up in price. So, yeah, I mean, that's, I speak to all manner of commercial occupiers and I don't think there's any sector or business that is absolutely blessed with a um an excess of decent employees um so yeah i think you could yes the lorry driver thing is i know the logistics guys are it's a few based in redditch and obviously a few in the area some of the national and international players who yeah aren't um 
I'm finding it easy, but they're not the only people out there, I don't think. So, uh, yeah, it's a challenge. Yeah. I mean, is that is that a concern for future growth if it doesn't get resolved or, or just one of many? Uh, yeah, I guess it, it is, but it's how you rank that amongst the you know various other challenges. So I, I think, um, you know, I tend to be an optimist in general. So I think it, whilst it could be better, you know, it could be a hell of a lot worse. Sure. Okay. Um, how do rental figures kind of stack up for sort of equivalent properties compared to some of the neighbouring counties? Yeah, I think historically probably Worcestershire was seen as being quite good value, especially, you know, compared to, uh, yeah, maybe look at Warwickshire, uh, Leamington, that Warwick kind of area, and then up the M42 corridor around by um, Solihull, the airport, what have you. There's always, and, and Birmingham itself, there was quite a big gap between Worcestershire and the figures they'd achieved there. Um, I do think, well, I don't think, I know that the figure, the rents in Worcestershire have grown significantly over the last well over the last 10 years but even more so over the last three to five years um we've seen you know the um asset managers of a lot of the multi-let estates really pushing on the headline figures um yeah we've we've achieved sort of record rent let me choose a record rent on an estate in Redditch uh last month um and it looks like we're going to top that well heads of terms but um we'll probably top that this month stroke next month on the heads of terms so you know it'd probably be actual market evidence come october it'll have been nudged up again um so yeah i think historically it was uh not underperforming but just cheaper um but yeah we've you know managed to uh to drive that up obviously along with other agents uh, can't just take sole credit for that <laughs> yeah we have the, the supply issue which i'm sure you hear from a lot of agents across the country is you know like any market the dynamics supply and demand um and yeah we uh, got such a limited amount of available stock that you know you can be a bit more bullish with your rents and you don't have to um concede as much on negotiations so yeah obviously it's yeah it's worked out well for a lot of the clients of ours cool okay um the kind of success of the logistics sector has been pretty well documented um but are there any other sectors that you've seen within Worcestershire that have thrived um you know despite the pandemic possibly even because of it I'm not going to go through all of our records right now but I guess the what the one off the top of my head I would say training and the sort of re-education, re-employment type companies have seen um, done a few deals with them, uh, both on the office and industrial side of things. Uh, I guess more, more so on the offices with the training. Uh, but yeah, definitely proportionally more in that in that sector than we normally do over a sort of 12, 18 months period, which which. Makes sense, I guess. It says, you know, there'd be a lot of um, people who need to find their way back into work, and maybe in a different route or career to what they were doing before. So, yeah, I would say that, that yeah, that's probably the one that off the top of my head leaps out. Yeah. 
Excellent. Okay. Um, now we're talking, I guess, you, well, one of the reasons is because you've done 56 deals in Worcestershire so far this year. Um, and if you look on the radius rankings, the next nearest uh, company has done six. Um, how have you managed that? How are you so much more active than anyone else? Um, well, I think uh, obviously built, you know, building on the experience that we have over the over the years in the county, I think we've become more and more efficient and more and more respected i think both by um tenants predominantly be lettings but yeah tenants and purchasers as well as the uh, landlords and vendors so i just think we're you know, the amount of stock that we're picking up um and delivering on in terms of deals um that's got to be the, the the reason behind it really i think we've used uh they haven't really had it particularly quiet during the pandemic we've had we've had it quieter at times and we have used any spare capacity uh to try and be more and more efficient uh just to try and improve our systems um you know we've used some new it uh, technology and we just used the, the time to sort of look at how we could handle and allocate and deal with inquiries you know in a more proactive way uh, than we ever have so i just think it's um testament to us being more efficient than we were before and uh, yeah i'm surprised at that gap i mean that's but well, yeah, it's quite pleasing really uh, but uh, yeah it's it's uh, down to hard work really down to hard work and, and being um more you know trying to avoid the busy fool mentality being being more efficient yeah okay and <clears throat> um, do you think kind of generally there are advantages in being a regional independent rather than you know a massive national agent uh i think a lot of occupiers and and um and obviously the clients other things like the personal contact that you know the the, the, the consistency of uh having the same person to deal with or same couple of people to deal with um i think not being part of a big corporate you can be probably i've probably got the ability to be a bit more frank and honest with people and whether tactically that you know that would necessarily be considered the right thing to do that's i think people respect that probably um especially in the west midlands fairly straightforward straight talking people so you know i think uh if i can give them my honest opinion and feedback without any real sort of uh agenda or keeping anything close to my chest then i think people appreciate that uh, your biggest deal, um, just under 16,000 square feet, uh, to Cardinal Steels at uh, Aston Road in Bromsgrove. Um, can you just talk a little bit about who they are and how that came together? Yeah, so uh, Jake from Cardinal Steels, he has a few connections, really. Um, I know his father-in-law and have done for a few years um and there's other slight connections anyway but um he he came to us he, he was based in central birmingham he wanted to find something in bromsgrove 
really just Bromsgrove rather than surrounding area. Some people are you know a bit more flexible on location, but for him that suits his uh, his home life. Um, and they needed uh, to manufacture of profile steel sheeting, so for industrial buildings, um, the, the, the cladding that's used. Um, so they manufacture it and um, and supply it. Um, so they needed a unit that was suitable size, high yard, power supply. Um, I managed to have quite a good conversation with Jake before we put some options to him. We just got a full understanding of what he was after because it doesn't do an agent any favours or a, or a person looking for space any favours if you send them. 15 sets of details and you know 13 of them they'll just you know you might as well not bother sending the email or attaching them to the email because because it's just a waste of everybody's time so i really make the effort to, to try and be as precise as i can on um getting the detail on the initial initial inquiry um yeah and then we managed to find this fortunately for him within um uh, well we'd had it on the market for uh, one to two months um had a couple of other people look at it but uh jake was quick to act um and to be honest it was i managed to negotiate pretty strong terms for our client the, the landlord um uh, i think jake knew he wasn't getting the best deal but the building was just a, a great fit and we um we were able to deliver it in a time scale that suited him and his um you know his, his business group business growth plans so uh yeah it was um say sort of there was a bit of a personal thing in the background but it's mainly just getting getting to the grips of the requirement and then just piecing it together with a suitable building okay so, i mean are they a, a company that's growing because of the sort of boom in the industrial sector at the moment yeah yeah they are yeah um obviously they as you mentioned earlier with the uh lorry drivers another area of shortage of supplies of steel uh, at the moment which um so yeah uh cardinal uh, yeah obviously a supplier in that um well and a user of raw materials in that uh in the steel industry so they um yeah are facing some uh facing some challenges but yeah they it's all driven by the you know the, the strong construction industry and yeah, the fact that we need some more more industrial buildings in the Midlands. Yeah, so indeed. Okay, excellent. Um, uh, have you been surprised by how quickly things have bounced back following kind of the worst days of lockdown and you know the sort of now I guess all but the total easing of restrictions? Uh, yeah, but I, I think every you had to be really because it was we've not been through anything like this before, so it's there's been a lot of surprises along the way. Um. It's, I mean, the main thing is it's been a joy to see the rate of recovery. You do you did worry, especially in the sort of depths of it, that God, this is going to go on for years, and you know, are we ever going to? Well, not ever, but how long is it going to drag on for? Are we going to plunge into you know horrendous recession and all sorts of things? Um, so yeah, the speed of the bounce back has been fabulous. Um, I think the I think the I don't know whether this is going a bit over the top, but I think the, the fact that we are leading the way in the um, vaccination side of things as well gives you know gives us a bit of 
off the back of the Brexit thing, which, you know, you could have felt like we were going to be a bit, the timing wasn't, wasn't very good if we were ever going to be sort of um, punished or suffer in the short term as a result of coming out. Um, it would have been, you know, doubled that with a, a pandemic. It could have been horrendous. But uh, the fact that we've sort of led the charge with the vaccinations, I don't know, I think it feels like it's given a boost of energy to the country and a confidence. Um, so, yeah, it's been... It has surprised me, but it's been great. Uh, really, you know, pleased to see buildings filled up, people back out, you know, s- smiling, talking, doing business, um, eating in restaurants, you know, um, going to first corporate event, uh, well, I think God knows how long, uh, on Friday. And I'm really hosting a table like that and taking some um, well, clients and uh uh, other professionals um and just yeah every everybody you know everyone is, who we're taking is just really excited really looking forward to it so uh yeah it's, there's a good good feeling about it how was um this august compared to a typical august you know normally everyone just clears up a holiday don't they but i guess there's a lot of pent-up demand in the system to to process yeah it feels <sighs> I think the last week or two feel like there have it's been a bit more the summer holiday season, I would say. Um certainly the first half of August didn't really feel like it slowed down at all. Um but it definitely does this week and last week. I think maybe um maybe people are a little bit more comfortable going abroad. I know a few more clients and friends who've gone overseas. Um and I think people are realising that you know if you've got kids, as you have, uh, Jim, you've got kids, they're going to, they are going to be going back to school, and you are going, to, you know, you're <laughs> time, take some time off. You need to, you need to do it now. So yeah, I think the first half of August was business as usual, but I do think the last week and this week I just feel a little bit, a little bit um, more relaxed, which is, which is good. You know, I've got some catching up to do because it's been a busy year. Indeed. Okay. Um, now, a sector we haven't really talked about is retail. Um, you do a little bit of that, right? Um, what kind of do you think that sector needs to do? Uh, really difficult, really difficult because, um, I mean, if you look at it rationally, I know I'm going to come on to my irrational stance on these things. Rationally, you know, you use Amazon model, so you've got a better selection of more, you know, more, more products, easier to look at, cheaper, delivered to your house, you know, it next day. Um, there's, there's just no logical reason that you would actually go, go out, and unless you want to touch and feel something and you're buying something high end that you really want, you know, the full experience. If you're just buying stationery or, or basic clothes or whatever. It doesn't really make much sense um, to, to go to a high street retailer just because of the price difference. So unless the online retail can be taxed in a way, I don't know, God knows how complex that would be, to, to put them on a level peg in with the high street or even, to be honest, they need to be, they probably need to be more expensive than the high street now because people have, you know, you've got that hassle factor of having to go to the town, party car, walk around, you know, all right. If it's a covered shop, it says you haven't got the rain, but you know, if you've got the weather, there's just a lot, a lot of 
convenience to the online shopping. So um, I don't really know how that can be done. So obviously we've seen town centres, city centres have evolved, you know, to more the leisure side of things, you know, cafes, bars, restaurants, all these sort of quirky um, venues that, you know, you've got to have, they sort of draw people in because there's something a bit special about them, uh, just, you know, something unique, something you've not tried before. Uh, and then you've got obviously your, your beauty stuff, um, but, you know, barbers, hairdressers, nail bars, tattooists, all that sector. So you can't, you know, you can't buy those online. So that they've, they've sort of filled the void really. But yeah, to, to, to regenerate just straightforward retail, it's, it's, I don't know. It takes somebody cleverer than me to tell you how to do that um, without without penalising the online because that's the only way you're going to do it if you you know if you're going to uh, address that price differential. Sure. sure. <laughs> okay. Um, if you had a magic wand, uh, what would you do to kind of help commercial property within Worcestershire? Um. Hmm. I just need to uh, I think what I touched on before free up more commercial land in the around the motorway corridors um yeah I think there's obviously we've seen the big demand for housing nationally but you know in the, in our area it's um big numbers needed by Birmingham and that's sort of filtered out into Worcestershire and the surrounding counties so seeing quite a lot of land taken up for residential but um, obviously all these people who you know going to be accommodating this new housing are going to need jobs so we need some employment lands really to sit alongside that um, and there have been a couple of uh, releases but not enough so I think rather than sit, not sitting on the hands but rather than waiting until there's a oversupply or undersupply um, of land that they need to there needs to be a bit more of a strategy on that and a bit bit more forward thinking uh, which I don't think there really is so magic wand would be yeah get some get some land released or at least get a strategy in place for you know providing employment land for, for all these additional for the growing population Okay. Um, also, you mentioned earlier, you you know, your passion for the environment. Um, what would you like to see the industry do more of or less of or just differently um, in order to kind of reduce its footprint? Uh, yeah, so um, the obviously the EPCs are introduced uh, 10, 12 years ago to, to, to set the sort of minimum environmental standards for buildings uh, where you can't let everything below a bandy. That government's sort of input really um and obviously the construction industry wouldn't, wouldn't thank me for it but yeah just to just they probably need to tighten those standards just keep pushing on on that it's got to be done that way really i mean we do you know the electric cars and the hybrids and what have you they're obviously more and more prevalent um and still get a good company car tax rate um if you do go down that route, which is, you know, good, again, good incentive. Um, and then we see in the congestion zone that they've now brought in in Birmingham as well. So, you know, there are some um, some initiatives out there. Um, but, yeah, on the, with the commercial buildings, you know, you, you, the spec and the EPC rating is is becoming more and more of a, um, a point of interest for, 
for occupiers and um, agents acting for people. Um, also, things like LED lighting in offices, it is actually a better quality of lighting. So it's not, you know, you're not purely just doing, you know, um, doing something for green uh, benefits that that sets you back. It is actually generate a nicer working environment as well. So I think, you know, that, that sort of side of things is um, technology and the advancement of that is is fantastic. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, on the subject of technology there, um, obviously we've all been forced to adapt to quite new ways of working over the last 18 months. Um, but which of the kind of technologies, new ways of working, do you think will stick with us once or now that things are fully back to normal? And do you think it, you know, there are ways in which it's going to have changed the industry for the better? Yeah, I think about the, the homeworking side of things, um, that's definitely, that will have a permanent uh, impact probably a strong work so you know if in the right way it can be an improvement for employers and employees so I think impacts may be a strong word for it but uh, yeah that's certainly had been on the rise anyway but you know being enforced by the pandemic has brought a lot of things forward you know on the, on the IT side of things for a lot of companies where historically maybe they wouldn't have gone down that route now they now they have so um i think uh yeah the homeworking is going to be the, the big one really and just office yeah the off the office sector is the one that's going to have the that's going to be you know to see the longest term effects of that one um yeah um, also on the technology side of things, um, you've signed up to be a Radius partner. Um, what's yeah. the journey been like so far, and what what are the benefits that you're seeing? Um, journey so far, the uh, software works really well. Uh, I must admit, I haven't actually put the information on myself, but I, I understand the software works very well, um, and the support um, that we've had from your colleagues, uh, obviously just with the initial getting used to it and um, slight teething problems were, was great. So um, my PA, Ruth, really rates it. She said it's you know, easy to use and very sort of um, straightforward. Uh, it's, um, it's obviously pleasing to be able to see hard facts relating to your, you know, you sort of, deals and um performance so yeah i um i've been pleased with it so far yeah gotta be honest it's good excellent <laughs> okay. well on that happy note i think we'll bring things to a close thank you ever so much for your time ben really appreciate that no problem jim good to speak to you thank you very much Bye.